Thank you for being here. Hello, those of you watching online, uh, whether you're watching this as part of the service or watching the sermon as a standalone talk, uh, it's great to be able to connect with people in different ways. Um, and as we uh, begin today, um, if you've got a Bible open, Luke 4, verse 14, I'm going to be going through the seven verses. We get half the story. We get half the story, unfortunately, and it finishes with, as you just heard, a mic drop, as Jesus says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So what was the scripture? Well, let's start at the beginning. Jesus is returning to Galilee, it says, in the power of the Spirit. Luke uh, wants us to know, all the way through his gospel, that Jesus is the fulfillment of the prophecies in the Old Testament. And he wants us to know the importance of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know that Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, and he wants us to see the importance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, which we know is for all Christians today, but um, at, at this point, he's emphasizing the Holy Spirit is on Jesus. Uh, it was uh, a couple of chapters ago um, when Jesus was baptized by John and uh, in the River Jordan, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Do you remember? And it descends on him like a dove, and the voice from heaven uh, comes and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased, or something like that. Um, so we see that anointing uh, that is on Jesus of the Holy Spirit, and that will pick up time and time again as we go through Luke's gospel. Now, this isn't the first thing that Jesus did in his earthly ministries. The clue to that is it says Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So whilst we often say this is the start of his ministry, it can't have been, uh, because um, obviously the news has already spread that he was doing stuff. It says, verse 15, he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Uh, it's, um, it's quite fun when you're the new thing. Um, and, uh, and that was the case for Jesus. He was the new thing. He was the, the latest uh, in, in a, probably a line of people that, that were going around doing things, and, and they were excited to hear him. They were saying, oh, he's brilliant. You should, you should hear this new guy. Um, a bit like what happens when a new rector comes to a church. And people are like, oh, yeah, we, we like the new. And then after three years, when they hear the sermons repeat, um, because there's a three-year cycle, like, yeah, I'm a bit bored of that one now. Can we have another one, please, Bishop? Um, and uh, that's not quite how it works, but almost. Um, so Jesus is there in Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him was spreading, and he was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone was praising him. Nazareth, of course, what do we know about Nazareth? We know that's where Jesus had been brought up. Um, we know that's where he'd been brought up. And so on the Sabbath day, uh, the day set apart to rest and to worship God, the seventh day in the order of creation, which was uh, a Saturday, of course, back then, um, on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So this is the point where I want to just affirm what we're doing today. Whether you've come to church in person or whether you're taking time out of your day to watch online, um, taking a Sabbath, taking a time of rest is really important. And part of that rest means resting from work, and part of that rest means praising God. 
That's part of the intention is that we give some of our rest day, our Sabbath day, to praise God, to worship. And so that's what Jesus was doing. This was an ordinary thing. We get uh, here an insight into what the worship was like in the synagogue as well. Um, This is one of the first places where we see what synagogue worship would look like. So Jesus stands up to read something like uh, Melody just stood up to read um, at the lectern. And Jesus stands up to read from Scripture. And he's handed a scroll, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. Um, We don't know for definite whether he picked the scroll in advance and said, hey, can you hand me this one? I'm going to read it, or whether that just happened to be the one that was handed to him. But of the whole scroll, the bits that he read out come from Isaiah 58 and 61. So he was quite clear when he spoke uh, in what he was doing. He was trying to identify who he is and was. So it says, unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Again, he, he found this. It wasn't, this is not some great big accident. This is Jesus knowing exactly what he's doing. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Who are the poor and why do they matter? Um, Now, if you've been around church any amount of time, uh, this reading will feel like water off a duck's back. It will almost feel like um, saying the Lord's Prayer. It's something we can almost say by rote good news to the poor, proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, set the oppressed free. It's it's something we're quite used to. Uh, But the reason this is significant is because it sets the tone here for the whole of Jesus's ministry. It sets the tone for the whole of Jesus's ministry. He hasn't come to the rich because they don't need good news. They already have fine wine and big feasts to eat and big houses to live in and servants to wait on them, and they're pretty comfortable and confident. He's come to talk to the poor. And the reality was um, a lot of people, most people, were and remain in the world today poor, struggling from day to day to survive. And he's come to bring good news to them. Um, it's very easy for people to see materialism as success. You know, we know someone successful because of the clothes they wear or the car they have or the, um, the house they live in or the place they live in or how many holidays they go on or whether they sit at the back or the front of the plane, you know, those kinds of things. And um, the good news Jesus brings is that it's not about the material things, the outward things. It's not about how well you're doing. It's not about being rich and therefore you'll be okay, you'll get salvation. Good news is for everyone, and that starts with the poorest. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Who are the prisoners? Well, the commentators say these might be prisoners of war. Uh, If we think of the word captives, which we sang in the song Rescuer um, earlier on, Um, The captives um, could be people who were enslaved. And when we think of slavery, we we may think of um, particular genres of slavery, slavery in the Bible, where people would be bought and sold. Um, Then uh, slavery through the last few hundred years 
um, as that we've, we've seen a lot of. Um, but actually, um, there is still slavery today. Um, in, in Britain, they have an act called the Modern Slavery Act um, that requires companies, um, and uh, especially affects, it seems, clothing manufacturers, because most clothing is made in parts of the developing world. Um, and they require companies to have statements around what they're doing to make sure that slavery isn't happening. You know, the reason that Cadbury's and other chocolate companies have been promoting fair trade is because it was a particular way, a tool, to make sure there was no slavery in the chocolate production process. And you might say, well, how would there be slavery in the chocolate production process? There are millions, unfortunately, of children every year who, uh, through trafficking and indebtedness, are um, forced to work um, picking cocoa beans. And, and it's not just chocolate. It's, it's endemic in industry. The reason we can buy cheap goods in dollar stores is because people are basically in slavery. Jesus comes to proclaim release for the captives. What do we do as the church to preach good news to the poor? What do we do to enable those who are captive and enslaved to be freed? Not just so that they can live lives uh, that God called them to lead and, and free from that kind of slavery, but also uh, so that they can live lives of, of preaching the good news themselves and knowing what it is. Jesus came to bring recovery of sight for the blind. And I don't think here recovery of sight to the blind uh, is, is, is limited to just the blind. I think um, the intention of saying this is, uh, is that um, not only so that those who couldn't see would be able to see in a spiritual sense, that they'd be able to see, uh, they'd be able to see God for themselves through Jesus in the power of the Spirit, but also um, physical healing here on earth. We see in Jesus' ministry as he goes about, he does talk to the poor and the prisoners and the captives, um, but we see him doing miracles. And those of you in life groups, you're already probably um, on around Luke 8, beginning of Luke chapter 9, we just did in this past week. If you've missed a week in your life groups, then get your book and, and read the bit that you missed uh, just to make sure you catch up, um, because it's good stuff. Jesus goes around and does miracles. We see physical healing uh, through Jesus. And so not only was that part of his ministry, that he's come to make a difference in the here and now, as well as eternally, um, but that is for the church. How can we see and enable and pray for physical healing so that life is better now? There's a Christian aid agency called Christian Aid, and their motto, I'm going to say it twice because you won't hear it the first time, they say, we believe in life before death. We believe in life before death. And their mission is to work with the prisoners, the captives, the poor, the blind, spiritually and physically disabled, um, the, the people who are suffering with lifelong conditions, you name it. We know that this side of heaven, not everything is going to be perfect. Not everyone gets a miracle. Not every illness gets cured. Not every person who's blind will see. I had a very profound um, lecture from, um, as part of my studies from a blind professor who 
talked us through um, the passage about Jesus healing the blind man. And so I'm not healed. Um, that's a whole other sermon. I'm digressing because I am getting excited. Um, Jesus comes so that good news is preached to the poor, so that those who are imprisoned can be freed from being captive, so that physical healing will happen in, in here on earth. And so we as the church are the ones who have the ability to take this forward. We can go out into Maple Ridge, or if you're watching from elsewhere, wherever you are, and we can take the good news of Jesus. We can go out, we can live it, and we can share it. We can use all that God gives us, all the gifts that God gives us, to make a difference to people. Why? Because Jesus, I think, believes in life before death and life after death. It's the two verses that we've hung the entirety of our vision here at St. George's on. It's John 3.16 and John 10.10. John 3.16 is uh, is about eternal life. And John 10.10 is about life in all its fullness now. And so Jesus' offer to us and to all people is not just the eternal life, but life in all its fullness now, life before death. And so we have a duty and a joy. We have an imperative to go out and share and live the good news. So Jesus has read the scroll, and then it says he sits down. Um, And to us, as we see Jesus sitting down, uh, that might seem slightly odd. Um, I thought I'd sit down to illustrate the point. And, um, you know, these black chairs are not very comfortable. But when you've been standing up for half an hour, it's actually quite nice. It's quite comfy. The problem is if I stay here, I can't see if the people at the back fall asleep. Um, And the advantage of standing up is I've got a much better view of the congregation. And if I see the people at the back falling asleep, then I normally tell a joke. I'm not picking at the people at the back today. It's just a general statement. Um, In fact, I went to, I have to stand up because I can't do that anymore. (laughs) I'll get too comfy. Um, I went to uh, do an, an internship for a week um, with the Royal Navy chaplains. And as part of that, we went to um, a local parish church where they were having a patronal festival on a Monday night, you know, as you do. And it was a very Anglo-Catholic church. And, um, and so when we started singing the hymns, uh, we, we were sitting, those of us, we were trainee, uh, trainee priests, were sitting with the priest. And, um, and when it came to the hymns, we all stood up and he sat down. And we were all sort of whispering, why is he sitting down? Um, of course, he told us afterwards, not before, but he told us afterwards that, that in, in the Anglo-Catholic tradition, the clergy will sit for the hymns. Because he said, we have to, that this was the theory, we have to stand the rest of the time and the congregation sit. So when it's time to sing, the congregation stand up and we sit down and have a rest. And <laughs> I'd never, has anyone else heard that before? No, I, I, um, I, I, wasn't, yeah, I wasn't quite sure about that one, but um, you can see the point. But anyway, um, it says um, Jesus sat down, and the reason he sat down was not because he was tired. It was because that was the um, expectation of the preacher, that they would sit down to preach. Um, almost like, I imagine, if it's like, let me tell you a story, and I'll sit down in my storyteller's chair. 
And so um, Jesus sat down. And when he sat down, he said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And then we get the mic drop. (laughs) Our reading finishes there at verse 21. The passage actually carries on with Jesus being rejected, but we don't get to look at that today. The point for us today is that Jesus has come as the fulfillment of that scripture. Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And so, near the start of Luke's gospel, uh, Luke is emphasizing two things. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies, particularly today, looking at Isaiah 58 and 61. And Jesus has been anointed with the Holy Spirit. And we see the Holy Spirit that anointed him at baptism, that came down upon him like a dove when God declared, this is my son. We see Jesus as the Messiah, anointed with, filled with, empowered with the Holy Spirit, going to do the work of preaching and teaching and sharing the good news, good news of the kingdom, the kingdom of God in which the poor, the oppressed, the prisoners, the captives, the blind, physically, spiritually, are all invited. They're all drawn in. This Jesus, who we will be spending uh, the next many weeks hearing about in the Gospel of Luke and our lives trying to learn more about, this Jesus has come to bring life in all its fullness. He's come to be good news for all people. The same Spirit, the same Spirit that rests on Jesus, the same Spirit is on us. If we're a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in us. The same Spirit that's on Jesus is in us. And so uh, He, by the Spirit, anoints us to go out and do the same, to go out and live and share in our words and in our actions, the good news of Jesus. Now, you might be thinking, that's all very well, but tell me something practical I can do, David. Maybe what's caught your mind today is me talking about good news for the poor, and maybe there's something uh, you might want to do. Uh, The Anglican PWRDF, which is the Primates World Relief and Development Fund, is um, an organization that the Anglican Church of Canada uh, supports um, places where mission is happening on the front line and where people's physical needs are being met. So you may want to explore something of what they do. Don't give them any money. Um, but explore what they do. It's easy to give money, and you may want to do that later, but look at their website if you're a website person, um, and if not, we've probably got some books at the back, uh, some, some leaflets, uh, but, but explore what they do and see work that Christians are doing in terms of bringing good news to the poor. Uh, release for the captives. I spoke about slavery. Maybe next time you decide it's time for a new top or a new shirt or a new pair of jeans, uh, check out the company you're buying them from. What's their statement on modern slavery? Even though we don't have those legis- that legislation here in Canada, um, as CBC Marketplace has pointed out, there's some bad stuff getting in to the country uh, being imported from places where the conditions are terrible. Uh, but anyway, even though we don't have that legislation, because these companies are in California, selling in California and in Britain, 
the legislation of those two countries um, means that they have to have on their website uh, some disclaimer, that, or some, some words about it. So look into it. Um, and uh, maybe um, think about, instead of buying three pairs of jeans, um, buying one and spending more money, and knowing that the people who made them uh, got paid a fair price for their work. And when it comes to um, freedom of sight for the blind, how can you pray for those uh, who spiritually can't see Jesus? You don't even need to tell them you're doing it. But we all know people who maybe our family members. They're always the hardest, aren't they? They're always the hardest, our family members. And if we try and talk to them about Jesus or church, they can get very annoyed. How can we pray for them that scales may fall from their eyes and they may see who Jesus is and the difference Jesus makes? Or maybe it's the physical and maybe you're interested in, in exploring how we can pray for healing and carry out that work. If you're interested in the prayer side, I would like to chat with you um, because um, I would like to see us uh, do some more work in that regard. We were offering prayer ministry every service, um, but that stopped because of COVID. Um, but I think we need to begin to pray into how we can restart that hopefully soon. Is that enough stuff? Four, four things. I'm going to stop. I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're going to sing in a minute. So I invite you to stand. I'm going to pray. And just as the band want to come uh, forward. Lord Jesus, we uh, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of your word. And we thank you for the opportunity and the challenge that you give to us through it. We pray now, come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Mold us, melt us, shape us, renew us, restore us. Amen.